1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8, listen to this. The Lord said to Elijah, he said, Go and live in the village of Seraphath near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow woman gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please give me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, he said, don't be afraid. He said, go ahead, do just exactly what you said, but make me a little bread, or, or make a little bread for me first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow, grow again. And so she did as, as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days, and there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Five levels of giving. Let me start with a humorous story. They, they said they were only going to do three songs, so I said we can add 15 minutes to the message today. Just joking with you, okay? But I'll add this, <laughs> I'll add this story, okay? Humorous story, okay? You know, sometimes I got I to gotta tell people it's a humorous story. Because if I don't, when you get to the end, it's, you just look at me like I'm stupid or something, okay? So it is a humorous story, okay? And, and we can laugh, okay, if we think it's funny. If not, you say that's just pathetic, Pastor Bob, and we, we don't really get it. We don't understand. Well, just humor me, if you will, okay? But there was a man, he was rushed to the hospital after having a heart attack. He said, don't joke about things like that. I've had a heart attack, okay? So I can talk about things like this. He had just had a heart attack, got rushed to the hospital, and he was there and received his treatment, and uh, he was doing okay. And while he was in the hospital, his rich uncle died and left him $1 million. Man, that'd be a good problem to have, okay? And so... Uh, the wife, not wanting to excite her husband and trying to break the news uh, to him that he had inherited a million dollars, she went to her pastor. She said, Pastor, my husband just had a heart attack, as you know, and he's inherited $1 million. Could you go to the hospital and gently break that news to him? Because I don't want him to get too excited. And so he went to the hospital, and he's just chit-chatting with, with her husband who had the heart attack, and they're just talking about all kinds of things. They're talking about the weather. They're talking about what he's going to do when he gets well. And then the pastor just, it, you know, creatively, he brings up the subject, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And the man looked at him and said, Pastor, I'll tell you what I'd do. He said, the first thing, he said, I would give a half a million dollars to the church. And the pastor got so excited, he fell over and he had a heart attack. <laughs> That's it. That's it, okay. All right. Here's a brief review of some of the things we've, been, we've learned in this series. Everything belongs to God. We're simply managers. These principles of giving transcend time. Pastor Bob did not creatively come up with these things. But throughout the Bible, God commands an offering 
from every single individual. And I've been talking to you about five levels of giving. Level one is this. It's giving consistently because God expects us to give consistently and faithfully. And if we'll give consistently and faithfully, the message of Christ can be preached. If we'll give consistently, there will be no lack and the needs will be met. Whether we're rich or poor, whether we're young or old, God expects for everyone, including, get this, pastors and teachers and missionaries and prophets and apostles, God expects every single believer to give consistently. It's not, giving is not an obligation, okay? Giving's not like paying your car payment. It's not like paying your mortgage, okay? Giving is an act of worship, and God wants us to worship as we give. We learned about level two giving, and I, I was talking about uh, giving a percentage, whether it's 1% of our income or two or three or five or 10 or whatever it is. It's designating a percent of our income and giving it every, every time we receive an increase. And, and I said this, it is a step of faith, not giving from leftovers, because if we give from leftovers, I can tell you right now, there will never be anything left over to give. Because the devil will make sure that nothing will ever, ever be left over. But God says this, give cheerfully. Give willingly. And according, your, your harvesting will be according to your planting. But we all decide for ourselves how much we're going to give. We also learned level three was about tithing. And tithing means this, it's one-tenth. I told you that it predated the law. Abraham gave a tithe to the priest Melchizedek. It was also a requirement in the Old Testament law. Tithing was then taught again throughout Scripture at, at various other points. But God promises this, to bless those individual that tithe. I talked to you about this, and this is a key element, okay? That the tithe is given at the local church. Because 99% of men, ministry does not happen in a mega ministry. It does not happen in a television ministry. It does not happen somewhere else uh, 10,000 miles away. 99% of ministry happens in the local church. And so God intends for us to give, not to a parachurch or a televangelist or to a, to a mega ministry or a media ministry, or not to a charity, but God intends for the tithe to be given locally. Not because of personality, okay? We don't, we don't tithe because, they, well, I just like the pastor. I just like that guy. And otherwise, I wouldn't give, if I didn't like, you know, his family, I wouldn't give a nickel. But because I like, that's not why we do it. But rather, it's because God has commanded it in his word. And I want to remind you again, I, I've said this several times in this series. I want you to understand this. Pastor Bob will not always be around, okay? You might move to another city. You might move to another location. When you go there, I want you to be a giver, okay? When you go there, I want you to be consistent. I'm not, I'm not just preaching this. I'm not preaching this because I, I say, well, I want you to give your money right here, okay? I'm preaching it because it is a timeless principle where we, if we leave here or go somewhere else, then we're going to give consistently, 
then we're going to give a percentage or we're going to give a tithe or we're going to give progressively, however God blesses us, that we're going to give. This is why I'm teaching you these principles. Other, my, my, my mentors and pastors have taught these things to us. And successful churches have people that tithe faithfully. We drive by and see big, gigantic, beautiful buildings. You say, man, that's a great church they got going there. That's awesome. You know why? Because they got people that give consistently. They give of their tithe. They give progressively. They give fearlessly. And God blesses those ministries because everything requires money. You try to do anything without money. Now, in just a couple months, Ethan and Alexis is going to have a big wake-up call because they're getting married. On April the 9th, 2022, mark your calendars, okay? <laughs> and they're going to find out this, that it takes a lot of money to run a household. It t I don't care what we're doing. It takes a lot of resources. You say, well, God is our source. Yes, God is our source, but God chooses to use average, ordinary people to meet the need. So level three giving is bringing the tithe each week, absent or present. It's giving that amount consistently, not because of momentary excitement, but because we are consistent and we see that God has, has, has instructed this in the word. Level four, quickly, level four is progressive giving. It means giving over and above the tithe, giving, giving uh, because progress comes at a price. I said that last week. And progressive people know, can get things accomplished, progressive thing, can progressive people and progressive know, givers know this. You can't outgive God. But once again, a progressive offering must be give, given willingly. It must be give, given rejoicing. It must be given wholeheartedly. But the church needs progressive people that are forward thinking. We got a vision that is past where, at, where we're at right now. Okay, I'm sitting over here and I'm thinking about when we get in that new building. It's going to be glorious. Okay, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. And we're looking forward to the future of what God is going to do and the people that's going to be saved and the lives that are going to be touched and the marriages that are going to be saved and the families that are going to be saved and generational curses that are going to be broken. We got to see where we're at See from where we're at right now into the future of what God wants to do. Progressive people know this, that with God, all things are possible. And today, finally, we made it here on this journey. Frank, I'm going to talk about level five giving. It's fearless giving. There's a story here in 1 Kings chapter 17, okay? And it is taken at a time in history where there was a great famine that had been going on. In fact, the famine had been going on for, understand this, three and a half years of famine, okay? You know, back when COVID first hit, we had a famine of toilet paper. <laughs> that was nothing compared to a famine that had lasted three and a half years. And the, God used the prophet Elijah... Okay, God worked through Elijah to tell the people and to tell the, the wicked king that the famine was coming. And then Elijah, who was this prophet that had been used by God, God sent him to a crystal clear brook. And the ravens came and the ravens fed him. 
And the ravens, they brought him everything that he needed. But the day came, the brook dried up. You know, sometimes we get to that point and everything is wonderful. We've got no needs. God is supplying all of our, all of our, uh, all the things that we need supernaturally. It seems like resources are coming from, from who knows where. The birds are bringing them in. The ravens are bringing them in. And, God, and then one day the brook dries up. But God always takes care of his people. Know this, God will always take care of his people. First thing I want to talk to you about today is this. Fearless faith comes from those who appear insignificant. Fearless faith comes from those who appear insignificant. Fearless giving often comes from those that have the least. One Sunday morning, there's a millionaire. He's bragging about how he'd given his last dollar. He was up testifying. We used to have testimony service in church a long time ago, all right? And he was talking about how he had given his last dollar. And he gave that last dollar. And then God made him a millionaire. And some lady jumped up in the back of the building, and she said, I challenge you to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Give your last dollar. Millionaire, give your last dollar again. <laughs> and see if God can do it all over again. God can do it again today. Fearless giving comes from those many times that have the least. Because a lot of times when God really blesses us, we don't want to let it go. We say, I just got too much to let it go. Do you know, do you, do you know much, how much money? I just don't want to let it go. Or we tell ourselves this, we say, one of these days, when, when everything gets lined up in my life, one of these days when my car is paid for, when my house is paid for, when, when the kids are out of college, the kids have, are out of the house, then we're going to start giving. But I notice this, that fearless giving often comes from people that seem insignificant. Fearless giving also often comes from people that have the least. Fearless faith comes from people that seem small and insignificant. This woman in the, in the you, you'll remember, I'm going to talk to you about this, this woman, this widow in, in Zarephath. You'll remember in, in the New Testament, Jesus was in the temple one day, and he saw all the people bringing all their large sums of money in. He saw all the rich people, and they're dropping in $100 bills. They weren't $100 bills, but they're dropping in high denomination coins and money. And he, and he saw that offering, and they were giving their money for a show. And then Jesus noticed there was a little widow woman, you know, God often works through widow women. God also, he works through insignificant people. He, he, insignificant people that we just completely overlook. They have tremendous faith. And Jesus, it was in the temple. He's watching all the big shots, putting all their, all their big offerings in. But then he noticed there's a little widow woman. She puts in two small coins, the smallest denomination. And he said this, her gift was greater than that of the wealthy. God uses insignificant people to give fearless offerings. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus was out teaching all the people. It's in the Gospels, and he's out teaching the people. And when he got done teaching, he, he began to think, you know, these people are hungry. They've been out following me around, listening to my teaching for several days, and they're about ready to starve. They're about ready to faint from hunger. He said, I'm going to feed these people. And one of the disciples spoke up and said, that's impossible because there's so many thousands of people. And Jesus said, what do we have? And, and someone spoke up, and it was Andrew. And Andrew said, well, we found a little boy here that has five 
loaves of bread and two fish, and he's willing to give it. You know, kids are willing to, to do some incredible things. They, he seemed small. He seemed insignificant. God uses small, insignificant individuals that we overlook to do great things, to bring miracles. Because sometimes the smallest, insignificant people do the most for God. You know, someone says, man, I wish a, a multi-billionaire would come into our church and just pay for everything. Let me tell you what, God can use I don't care if, 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 if your offering is $10, God can use the $10 here and the $20 there and the $30 here and the $2,000 here, and God, puts it all, God brings it all together to meet the need, all right? And so often God uses the insignificant to do the greatest things, and that was what was happening. Here in this widow woman, Elijah, God sent him to a widow woman. He didn't send him to a king. He didn't send him to the richest guy in town. He sent him to a little widow woman there because God knew that she was fearless. God knew that she was full of faith. And God was, was, was nudging him. And God was, I believe, speaking to her and directing her. Even though this famine had been going on for three and a half years, the crops had stopped growing. The price of wheat and grain had soared. There was inflation in the land. There was hunger in the, in the land of Israel. But God always takes care of his people. He does. God always takes care of his people. We've seen it. My mom's sitting right over here. We've seen it in our own, own life, personally, how, how God uh, took care of us many times. And God just showed up. Weren't expecting it. Praying. My mom was praying. And, and, and seeking after God. And God just showed up because God takes care of his people regardless of the circumstance. Elijah was a prophet of God. Just like the people of God, Elijah was in the middle of, of the drought. And as I told you a moment ago, at first he was living by a sparkling clear brook. The ravens came come and feeding him. But one day the brook dried up and God sent Elijah to a widow woman. And God said this, she is going to feed you. You know, Elijah might have, might have wondered, why God, a widow woman? Why couldn't you send me to the, the, the leading doctor in this area? God, why couldn't you send me to the leading businessman? But God, why a widow woman? The reason is, is because God uses insignificant people because often insignificant people have been talking to God. They've been pressing in. They've been built up in the Holy Ghost. They've been built up in their faith. They know the power and the provision of God. God said this in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9. God told Elijah, he said, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Zion. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. I've instructed a widow to help you. I've, ins I've instructed a widow to take care of you. Insignificant people all, often have fearless faith. God knew that this widow woman was capable of fearless faith, so God used her. Some of us are sitting around saying, man, I really wish God would use me. Well, the reason God don't use you is because he knows you don't, you don't have no fearless faith. You say, well, that's a little bit offensive. If the, shoe, if the shoe fits, wear it. Wear it, my friend. I'm talking to someone online today. I'm not talking to you guys. <laughs> you know I love you guys. 
I love you. That's just the Holy Ghost. God, hold me there and I had to say that. Second thing I want you to get is this. Often it's the insignificant people that have the greatest level of faith. Second thing is this. We pray the hardest when the need is the greatest. You ever noticed that before? <laughs> when you're sick, you pray. When the bank account runs out, you pray like never before. When you lose your job, you pray, you begin to talk to God. I believe God had been dealing with this widow woman in the middle of the famine. He'd been dealing with this widow woman in advance, in advance of her fearless offering. And she'd been praying because she knew that the flour was running out. She'd been praying. She knew that that oil was running out. We pray the hardest when our need is the greatest. And God spoke to the widow woman, and he was whispering this in her ear, I am going to take care of you. Trust me. I, God, but, but how are you going to do it? Trust me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to show up. So what happens? A prophet shows up one day. You see, sometimes God is speaking to us, and we just ignore God. We say, not now, God. I got too much to think about, God. I got too much to worry about, God. Maybe, maybe next month, maybe next year it'll be better. God, maybe I'll follow your plan then. Maybe I'll be, be in better shape then. Maybe then I'll put my, my fears aside then. Maybe then, God, maybe then. But here was a widow woman. She didn't make any excuses because I believe that she had been talking to God because she was in a desperate situation. And often when our problems are the greatest, we were praying the most. And she was there listening to God. In the middle of the drought, she was talking to God. In the middle of the drought, I don't know today what you're going through. In the middle of the drought, get this, in the middle of the drought, you'll either call on God or you'll curse God. You'll either call on God or you'll curse God. I've got a good friend. I've got a good friend. There's not one person in this whole building that knows him. I was reading on Facebook. And he's like, I'm ready to give my soul to the devil. He's been raised in church a whole life. Dad, a preacher. Parents, preachers, I'm ready to give the devil my soul. I'm tired of it. I'm fed up. I'm going to curse God. Fifty friends, and hey, buddy, we're praying for you. We're believing you're going to get your breakthrough. Listen, he's going through a drought. When you're going through a drought, you'll either call on God or you'll curse God. I want to call on God when I'm going through a drought because there will always be a problem. Get this, there will always be a disappointment. It's just the way life is. Life is full of difficulty. Life is full of adversity. Life is full of tragedy. And I don't want to curse God. I want to call on God. This little widow woman, she was going through a famine. Every day she's going out there, taking a little bit of flour, taking a little bit of oil, making her and her son a little bit of cake every day. And she's thinking to herself, this is going to run out. This is going to run out. What am I going to do? She'd been talking to God. She was sensitive to God. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God. You might be going through a drought right now, but God is trying. God is getting ready to do something in your life. God is getting ready to give you a breakthrough in your life. I was at a board meeting a couple, couple weeks ago, about three or four weeks ago, and one of, the, one of my buddies, the pastor, he said, Bob, I got something to tell you. He said, I got a word from God for you. I said, okay. 
I want to receive it. I want to hear it. What is it? He said, God told me, and I said, I don't want to be one of these preachers that's got a word from God for you, and then, you know, I, I, I don't want to over-spiritualize, but I just, I want to tell you what God told me to tell you. I said, I, I want to hear it. What is it? What is it? He said, I know you've been totally stressed out by building this building. I know you just, many times you wonder if you shouldn't have even started, you know? You've questioned whether or not you should have even started, you know, doing the type of ministry you do. But he said this, God's got a breakthrough. And at the end, there's going to be great joy like you've never experienced before. I said, man, I'm going to receive that in Jesus' name, all right? In Jesus' name. We're going through a drought. Know this, God is getting ready to do something. Don't curse God, call on God. Don't curse God, talk to God. Don't curse God, give it all to the Lord. Say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. Little widow woman, she goes out there, she gets a little bit of flour every day. She sees this running out. She gets a little bit of oil every day. She's going to make a little cake. She's thinking to herself, I know it's getting ready to run out. But God, I'm trusting in you. I'm believing in you. You're going to give me a miracle, God. She'd been talking to God. She had, she had, she had been giving her attention to God. She wasn't making excuses. She kept talking to God. She was praying harder. God was increasing her faith. She told God, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. God said, your breakthrough is coming. The drought's been going on for three and a half years. Your breakthrough is coming. I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So what happens? There's a knock on her door. She goes to the door. It's a preacher. Oh, my goodness, a preacher. Yeah, can I help you, sir? Yeah, I'm here for some water. Now, remember this. They're in the middle of a famine and a drought, okay? And so not only is food scarce, but water is also scarce. In the middle of a drought, all the water gets stagnant. You ever seen stagnant water? It, like, turns black and brown. It's a nasty, nasty stuff. He says, would you give me a drink? Well, let me see. Yeah, I'm sure we can spare some water. She goes to get him a drink of water. And by the way, while you're at it, how about a piece of bread? Isn't that just like a preacher? <laughs> he wants to take everything that she's got. But she, she was nudged in her heart. She was sensitive to God. And God was saying this, I'm getting ready to give you a breakthrough. And God reminded her, she said, God, what are you trying to do? We're almost out of flour. We're almost out of water. We're almost out of water. God, what, what, we're almost out of oil. God, what are you trying to do? God said, listen, trust me on this. I've been talking to you about this. I've been building you up in the Holy Spirit on this. Trust me, I'm getting ready to do something. I'm getting ready to give you a miracle in your life. Final point. Fearless faith directed by God will change everything. She shared her precious water. He asked for bread. She said, I have no bread. God knows exactly what you got in your house, okay? Sometimes we come to church and we receive the tithe and the offering, and, and uh, I don't even think, did you even mention the offering today? <laughs> you did a great job hosting. I really appreciate that. Uh, and we say, oh, man, I don't. I don't want to give anything. I can't, I ain't got nothing to give. A few years ago, we went to the board meeting. Our, our, our district board meeting went there, and I got there, and one of the board members was our, our district missions director. He said, hey, Pastor Bob, we got a missionary coming. 
into the district. Could you guys put them up? Or could you guys have them for a service? And you know, I thought, we can't afford, we're in the shopping center paying $6,000 a month rent. And then we had a $2,000 a month land payment. Like 75 cents on every dollar that came into our church went for either the rent or the land payment. Wow. And this guy says, there's a missionary. And I'm thinking, oh, God, we can't afford a missionary. Because we, I'm not going to have a missionary unless we can give them a substantial offering. And we'll receive the offering. If it's not enough, we'll just kick it up to at least 1000 bucks. Because we're not going to waste a missionary's time for $100. So God tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, Bob, you can't afford not to have the missionary. So he said, okay, bring the missionary. And I actually got a hold of the Ordways here at Cedar Creek, beautiful scenic Cedar Creek Resort. And I talked to the Ordways, and they said, I said, hey, listen, would there be any way you could give the missionary housing while they're in the state of Missouri? And they allowed the missionary, it was Ed Bolay and his wife from Macedonia. And they allowed them to come out here and stay for the whole month free of charge. And then they came to our church, and we received the offering, and it was over and above what we wanted to give them, you know? And then you say, that's really wonderful. And here's the kicker. And then within 30 days, our landlord at the shopping center got a hold of me and said, Bob, your lease is about up. What are you going to do? I said, we're moving out of the shopping center because we can't afford it anymore. And here's what the landlord told me. I'll cut the rent so you can stay here. Wow, God started doing some amazing things. Why? Because we gave a fearless offering, okay? We, we took a step of faith, and God said this, I've got this. But a lot of times, we want to try to figure it all out ourselves. The little widow woman could have told Elijah, hey, go down the road. There's Someone next door has got a lot more money than me. <laughs> Buddy, you're in the wrong place, you know? Are you the, Elijah knocks on the door, knock, knock, knock. Lady opens the door. Yeah, are you the widow from Zarephath? No, that she lives right down the street. You go, you go talk to her. <laughs> no, she gave him the water. She made the bread. She fed him. And then God miraculously met her need. There was no hesitation. She took a leap, a leap of faith. There was no hesitation. There was no rebuttal. There was no argument. Why? Because insignificant people often have fearless faith. We pray the hardest when the need is greatest. I believe she had been praying in the middle of her drought. She had been talking to God. God had been talking to her. And she gave an offering that was a fearless, that was, that was a fearless offering. And God gave the miracle. Before the miracle, I'm, 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 let me look where I'm at. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Before the miracle, every day was a struggle. There, there's those of you that's sitting here today, and every day is a struggle for you. There's people watching online, and every day is a struggle for you. And it's just like, man, things are never going to get any better. We're in a mess. I can remember, Mom, I can remember being a boy growing up and being so poor. And thinking, are we, is things ever going to turn around for us? 
Are we ever going to get out of this mess that we seem to be stuck in? There's never enough money. Okay, I know. I mean, I was just a small boy, but I saw my mom struggling. God, are we ever, and here's my mom. She's faithful. She's going to church. She's giving. She's tithing. She's consistent. She was a tremendous example. Loved God and loved us with all of our, God, is, are we ever going to get out of this stinking, lousy mess that we're in? And there are those of you, and you might be in that place right now. Are we ever going to get past this point where there's never enough? There's never enough. Before the miracle, the little widow woman, before the miracle, every single day was a struggle. Before the miracle, before the fearless giving, every day she wondered if she would have enough. Every single day she barely got by. But fearless giving, fearless faith changed everything. And when God speaks, we, we choose. When God spoke to the widow woman, God was dealing with the widow woman. I'm giving, you're in the middle of a three and a half year famine, but I am getting ready to give you a breakthrough. I believe God was speaking to her in advance. She had the freedom to act or the freedom to ignore but then when she released that fearless offering, when she released her water, when she released her meal, her flour, her oil, he didn't force her to do it. She gave it freely of her own will. Then God gave the miracle. She, she, she gave the water, the bread to the prophet Elijah. And then the Bible says this, after that, there was never a lack. There was never a need. There, she was not wondering anymore because she knew that God had showed up in her life. This is one of my favorite stories. And this is a story about tithing, okay? And I told this, I've told this several times over the years, but it's an incredible story. I don't want to stop with this right here. We had a fellow that went to our church, and there are some of you that would know him. There's some people watching online that would know my good friend. We had a guy that uh, his, his cousin and his cousin's wife invited him to church. And so he, uh, he was crippled from a uh, motorcycle accident he'd been in. He limped around. He, he basically drug one of his feet with him when he walked. And he had married, had three little boys. His wife's, or his, his cousin's wife kept bugging him, inviting him to church. So he told his cousin's wife one day, he said, I'm going to church with you Sunday. He was not a Christian. He did not know God. He said, I'm going to church with you Sunday. She said, that's really good. And he said, and then I don't want you to ever invite me to church again. Never, I don't want to ever hear about it again. I'm going with you one time. He went to church. God spoke to him in that service. God did something for him in that service. He got saved in that service. His cousin's wife asked him after the service, what would you think about it? He said, well, I don't ever, he said, like I said, don't ever invite me to church again. I don't ever want to hear another invitation again. She said, man, that's sad. And he said, the reason is because God's done something in my life. From now on, I'm coming back on my own free will. He's crippled. He's married. He's got three little boys. They're like, they're probably like, you know, like seven, five, three years old, young boys, little boys. The preacher, like all preachers do, gets around to talking about tithing one day. 
He's on a $400 a month disability income. You know, as, as pastors, here, here's what I want to tell people. Thank you for attempting to give, but we don't, we're going to make it without your money. As a pastor, we want to tell people that, okay? But our pastor was so greedy, that wife, that, that guy went home and said, the pastor's talking about tithing. He said, we need to start tithing. He's got $400 a month disability income. And our pastor was so greedy, he took that guy's tithe. <laughs> 40 bucks a month. Man, we should have fired the guy. But they start giving. And then one day he got up, got to thinking about it, and he thought, man, this disability income, and I'm not putting down anyone on disability. I'm not trying to belittle that at all, okay? This is the story. I'm telling you a true story that actually happened. He decided that there had to be a better way. So he went in for vocational rehabilitation, vocational training. So he went in, he got retrained, so even though he was crippled and couldn't really get around, that he could do something to make money and to have a job that he could go to. First job he went to, now get this, this is 1980, okay? The first job he goes to, here's what they tell him. They said, well, sir, you got to understand one thing. Now, in 1980, you could say this. You can't say it in 2022. They said, sir, we would love to hire you, but we don't hire cripples. They said that to him. He said, you know, that would seem to be a horrible thing. He said, that was the kindest words anyone could have ever spoke to me. Because he said, I made my mind up that day that if I was going to break free from this poverty and this place I was at, I was going to have to go into business for myself. And that's exactly what he did. He went into business for himself, started a construction company. Could he do the work? He did whatever work he could. Got his boys to help him as they begin to grow. God blessed, continue to grow, continue to give. That was a good buddy of mine. He died several years ago. But he died probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Owned about 50 pieces of rental property. Multi-millionaire. But he learned this. He learned the secret of giving. And there's those that's sitting here that in this auditorium today, and you've been thinking the whole time, thank God this series is over. And you know what Pastor Bob's saying? Thank God it's over too because I don't think I could have took a sixth part, a sixth level, okay? I'm glad it's over too. <clears throat> but, you know, when we get it and we understand it, that it's, God is our source. God is our source, all right? And it's God that gives increase, and God gives promotion. We don't do it by ourselves, all right? What God gives us air. God lends us air, okay? God keeps our heart beating. God gives us the ability to think and the ability to reason. He gives us the ability to get up every single day and, 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 and go out and to work. He does that, all right? There's people today that's struggling. You're struggling. Can, am I ever going to get past the place I'm at? 
Am I ever going to get past? If we're going to get past the place we're at, we got to start doing something different. <laughs> if we're going to get past the place we're at, and sometimes that's just about working hard, okay? That's about getting up. That's about getting up every single day. Good things happen to people that get up every single day and get out of bed, all right? And put one foot in front of the other and just get up and walk straight out the door and start doing something. And then start giving to God. Good things begin to happen. And God begins to bless. God begins to give miracles. He does it today. Let's close with prayer right now. Dear God, we just thank you, Lord, today. God, this very simple series on giving, Lord, that you have put into our heart. That we might learn this. I pray, dear God, that the seed has been planted in our heart. And God, that we will start. There'll be a starting point. There'll be a starting point. And God, I pray, Lord, that that seed will begin to grow. Because God, you want to take us to a whole new place. You want to take us to a whole new level in our life, dear God. In our finances. In our home, in our marriage, in our business. And God, we got to understand that you are a source. That we don't do it all by ourselves. No self-made men, no self-made women but it is because of your grace. It is because of you, dear God. And right now, if we're going through a drought, that we learn to talk to you, and we learn to give you all of our burdens, and we learn to trust you and walk with you like this little widow woman. She was going through a very difficult time, but I believe that she was praying harder than ever, pressing in more than ever. And God, you were able to use her And because you used her, you gave her the breakthrough that she needed. And help us in these things. And bless us, I pray. Help us to grow in you, to learn in you. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, would you stand with me for just a few moments? And let's just spend some.